We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talk About Flow Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for listening and for watching, whether it's the audio side, YouTube side, uh, whatever. It is casual Friday. That means, as always, I'm joined by my, my good buddy, my Friday partner, co-host of the Maintenance Day Podcast, noted hockey author, Joe Yurden. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good. I'm I'm doing good. It's uh you look like you're ready to tee up for eight, for 36 holes today. <laughs> if you're really, watching it's, it's on, a solid look, man. If you're watching on the YouTube side, I did you know what I geared up a little bit over the last couple of weeks. I treated myself. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I bought myself a couple of nice polos. I can't golf worth shit anymore, but <laughs> at least I want to be comfortable. I can't as much as I would like to, I can't wear a hoodie 12 months of the year, 365 oh, man, days that, as much that's as the I'd dream, love to. isn't it? Like that's that's the absolute dream to be able to do that and not you know die in humidity like that yeah. would be perfect i get away with them as long as i could get away with a hoodie i do but um anyway all right so we'll, we're gonna talk again this is kind of a light week i mean bill's camp did start and i got a couple of bills topics and i got not even so much a sabers topic kind of i want you to respond to a, a dream that i had a couple of days ago involving Uh-oh. the buffalo sabers of course we got our weekly starting five draft this week we are doing best guitarist, which this, by the way, <laughs> it's my prompting. Joe, Joe at Joe's prompting. This was a Joe Yurden request here. I don't know a lot of guitarists. You shamed me publicly on Twitter well, over listen, that. You said you could. You said you didn't even think you could think of five, and I was yeah, like, dude, I, I dude, I like three, like at least three of your favorite like groups, artists, whatever. Are included in that are 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 top ten worthy people yeah, in that. So are. I was like, "Come on, man!" I I can come up with enough. So we're you're, we you're are basically asking me to spot you those three, and I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I I know guitars, I just don't know them well. You know, I I can't really like sometimes when we do movies or other music and stuff like that. I'm kind of pretty good at being able to to defend my pick, so to speak. This is going to be like yeah. I'm picking this guy because I like him and I like the band. And that's it. I don't, when it when that's it, what it's about, man. We don't have yeah. to. We don't have to do advanced scouting on these sure things. Is. People aren't. We're not talking people into votes anyway. They're going to look at our yeah, list like they just, do every week, and they're going to. Uh, they're going to find the one thing they like on it and be like, "Oh, that guy picked it." <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> I'm not going. To, I'll give you a spoiler now. 
I'm not going to draft him, and I know you're not either because he's not really a guitar player as much of a singer, but he does play the guitar a lot. Last week, I told you I was going to Garth Brooks' concert. Mm -hmm. I, I Listen, I'm going to admit this, man. I'm not a big country music fan, and I'm not, I don't like to try to pretend that I am. I'm not. And I'm also not a huge fan of going to concerts, per se, because I feel like for the most part, it kind of... The experience for me, the music-wise, is, is never quite as good. Though, like a lot of times, musicians you like, artists you like, you go see them live and they let you down. They don't really sound that good, and you walk away being like, "Hmm, wonder how much of this artist is a a studio-driven artist." Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna, and this was at Highmark Stadium, and I I don't like the other stuff about the concert. Like I went with a good buddy of mine. He ain't listening to this shit anyway. And if he is, <laughs> well, fuck him because I'm calling, kind of calling him out right now. But <laughs> He, we drove, I did not drive, and he parked. We parked like on the front lawn of the lot on Southwestern Boulevard, like kind of behind Prohibition Bar, mm -hmm. with the intention of getting out of there as soon as possible after the show. I don't like that. If I go to a concert, I think we talked about this a week or two ago. I like the experience of going to a concert. I like to go, mm -hmm. I like to make a day of it, I like to tailgate. That's why I like to go to concerts. So I care more about meeting people and having a tailgate then i sometimes i even do the actual show and i'm in no rush to to, to get in and i'm mm -hmm. in no rush to get out anyway when i'm not paying for parking i really don't have much choice right. so he paid for parking so that's where we parked we were in a lot where i mean there were people partying but i didn't know anybody like i knew people like pretty much in every bill's lot everywhere except for this lot so we go to the from the lot to the concert it was like i felt like ten thousand miles joe from the corner of southwestern boulevard <laughs> To get into section 139 at Highmark Stadium. Man, it was a long ass walk. And yes, I am lazy and fat and freaking have COPD. So none of that's just easy for me. But anyway, get into the seats. Once the show started, though, this is where, no, look, first I'll say afterwards, too. Pain in the ass getting out. And he like jumps the curb and almost runs somebody over to get out. That's oh, how quick he wanted to get out. Whereas me, I had other bunch of friends there at the show. I was ready to hang out in the party some, you know, I got mm -hmm. a text afterwards. So we get out on Southwestern Boulevard again, almost run somebody over to get onto the road. We're about halfway home. I'm annoyed because of how quick we, we had to get out of there. It's like you beelined back to the car to try to beat Jeez. people to get out. And I get a text from a, a, some buddies. Hey, we're all in O'Neill's party. Where are you? I'm like, well, two thirds of the way home now. So <laughs> anyway, so that already at home. <laughs> so my, my tailgating experience sucked. But who who cares? The show itself, I'm going to be honest with you, man, Joe. This might have been the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. What? Really? He, he is live. Absolutely fucking phenomenal live. He sounds great. Um, He really knows how to work the audience. He's really good. At, he's charismatic. He moves. I mean, this is at a, a football stadium. The stage is huge. He's mm -hmm. working the whole stage. He's moving around. He's a... Uh, He's playing his guitar great, but it's not even just him. It's the band. Usually I go to a show, especially if it's not a band, if it's an artist like Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. I don't really pay much attention to the background singers and to the band. It's, it's all about the lead singer. And uh, this band is phenomenal. I mean, incredible. And most, and, and you know how they introduce, you know, the members of the band throughout the show sporadically. Mm -hmm. Most of the people in his band have been with him for 25 plus years. Okay. Oh, it was blown away. The, the crowd was into it. From the first note to literally the last note. Trisha Yearwood came out for a cameo at the end. Nice. Sang a couple songs. The show itself was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was a phenomenal concert. One of 
one of, if not the best actual concerts I've ever seen in my life, which I did not expect. Oh, that's that's cool because Garth is probably the one country guy I would I would go see. Yeah, like, uh, of all of them, like so much about modern country music is just bleh, can't stand it, can't stand it, save my life. Uh, but there's something different about Garth's music where it is that it it's modern in its way, but it's not like what whatever the hell this stuff's trying to be these mm -hmm. days. Like, it, I don't know, there's just something different about what how he does it how he performs it and just like kind of the guy, honestly, like Garth seems like a pretty good dude. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you see him, you see him like posing for pictures with, you know, sports people all the time. He's a big sports nut. Um, what was it? He did. Uh, where, where the heck was he? Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting confused in my head about stuff, but like he, I don't know, man. Like if you're a country artist, you can sell out a 60,000 seat stadium. Or no, I don't, know if it, I don't know if it was a sellout or not, but like it was, it was, it was pretty much a sellout, man. Mm -hmm. It was, it was full. The except for the the upper three hundred level seats were wow. there were empty. However, the, the the floor seats were all sold out, so that kind of made up for the three hundred levels. So it was like going to a football game and having it sold out. But yeah, man, he's just he's so good in the crowds. I I mean, literally, I I knew a lot of the songs, but I didn't know all the songs. Again, mm -hmm. I am not a big country guy and uh just singing along man and the crowd never got bored like the battery boys i went to a couple weeks ago and kind of the same deal with the fan like their fans are are very fanatical mm -hmm. but not every like especially their newer stuff that they sang the battery boys it's a lot of people are just dance moving around to keep moving like i was i didn't right. know what the fuck they were singing you know this newest <laughs> album garth brooks i'm telling you man every goddamn song and i knew some but i didn't know them all you could hear the crowd just singing along. It was crazy, man. That's it was awesome. It was really good, man. Anyway, it was a, a fun concert. I've been to two in a couple of weeks now after not going to a, a real concert probably <laughs> in eight to ten years or so. My, it was my first concert ever at Highmark Stadium, too. Nice. Not, yeah. it. It's just like it's, going to Bill's game. It's a pit in the ass in certain areas. 16.50 beers, by the way. I bought two beers, 34 oy. bucks. 34 bucks for two 24-ounce Bud Light cans, man. And now you know why people tailgate. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, that shit was crazy, man. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't mind the stadium for, for a concert. I saw Guns N' Roses there a few years back, and that was, I mean, that was super. You know, it was Guns N' Roses with live opening for them. I don't know if you remember live from the 90s. And yeah, Kowalczyk yeah, yeah. and those guys, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what a weird pairing this is. Yeah. But, like, that was, I mean, Guns N' Roses killed it. Like, they were great slash rules, you know, Axel, Axel's voice held up. So, it's basically all you can ask for. It was a whole group. So, like, pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm happy you got out to a concert because I I had had uh, Rage Against the Machine tickets for, like, three years now. And I, because of the shoulder thing, I couldn't go. I, yeah. I mean, I could have gone, but uh, the tickets were on the floor which the entire floor is a mosh pit sure basically and me rolling in there with this big bulky ass sling to be on the floor someone's gonna get you begging to get hurt yeah so someone's, i'm like someone's gonna get you i i asked a couple of my friends that went and i was just like would i have been okay if i went there like you would have you would have had to have stood all the way at the back on the floor to stay clear of people like moshing and throwing around and on all that stuff and i was like you know what i feel better about not going <laughs> because i would have been so pissed that i you know because I mean, you floor like go wherever you can get get to wherever you can get to, and I, you know, my friends and I, I know we would have been pushing to get you know closer if we get shoved around, so be it. But you know that that's that's the stakes of going. But 
I would have been so annoyed having to be like, here I am all the way at the back. Cool. Everybody's having fun up there. You know, Zach De La Rocha looks like tiny ant back here. Let me ask you a hypothetical question before mm-hmm. we move on. This is about another concert. Again, I said I'd never been to a concert at High uh, Highmark Stadium, which, to be fair, it's not like there's been a shitload of them there. There's not a lot of concerts. Right. It's not often there's a concert there, but there is another one coming up next month. Let's pretend that Joe's shoulder is not jacked up right now, and let's pretend that you could get tickets not even at full price. They so can get them at a discount, but not for mm-hmm. free because anyone will go to concert for free. But so you can get a, a decent deal on tickets. Would you go to the one that's coming up? It's sometime in August. I know it's Motley Crue. Yes. Poison. Joan Jett. And there's a fourth act too. And I'm mean, it's escape. Oh, Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Def Leppard is the one I'd want to go see more than any of them. Does it, does that, is that a concert that uh, intrigues you? Because yes. I'm considering it. <laughs> I, I I say yes because I've I've been to the M3 festival in Baltimore or outside of Baltimore multiple times, which is a hair metal festival. Like it's it's a big deal. They bring in tons of people from you know from back in the day, whether you want to see them or not, like they're gonna be there because like that's their time to be like, hey, you guys remember us? That's cool. You know, you're coming to hear us play. So let's, you know, let's hammer it out. I think I've seen everybody else in the band in Motley Crew at M3, but never the band together. Like, you know, Tommy Lee played drums for somebody one year. Uh, Nikki Six was there one year. I, I don't know. No, it wasn't his band. No, 6 a.m. wasn't there. But like Nikki Six was just there. I was like, okay, Vince Neil performed live one year. And it was just kind of like, he really sucked. And it was kind of like, okay, man, whatever. Like Mick Mars was, was living in outer space. So, you know, whatever. But um, but I would go to see, I would go to see them. I would go to see Def Leppard, even though I know Def Leppard, uh, no longer has a fastball. It's not like they've lost something on it. They no longer have it. Like it's just, it is what it is. They've been around forever. I, I get it. Uh, and seeing Joan Jett would be really cool too. Like that would be neat as hell. Yeah. Um, poison. I, I hate poison. Couldn't be, couldn't be less Fuck interested poison. in poison. I'd, yeah. I'd say if, if I knew ahead of time poison was opening, if they were the first act, I, I'm, I'm assuming Joan Jett is. But yeah. if, if I knew ahead of time Poison was the opening act, I literally would stay in the parking lot so I could have a couple more beers before I came in and started now, buying see, 1650 beers. See, what's unfortunate is uh, I think Brett Michaels still has his voice. And <laughs> Vince, ne- Vince Neal. No, no, no. I, I say it's unfortunate. I, I, I say it's fortunate because at least, you know, at least he can still sing. Like Vince mm. Neal can't really sing anymore. That's what I was going to you know, say. Like if Brett Michaels could sing crew stuff now, like that would be, I mean, that'd be weird as hell, but. Um, I've seen videos of, of Neil singing and it's not good, man. It's I, rough, I've, man. I've seen a lot of people are making fun of him a lot. I probably would, I, if I do go, I would go just because I am a very nostalgic person and I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, you're you're set up for disappointment when you see a lot of these, especially rock groups where the singers, you know, scream their heads off after all oh, yeah. these years. They, to your point, they lose or, their you know, Life stuff has, you know, made them lose their voice. Like I saw a Dawkin. At M3 one year and Don Dawkins, like Don Dawkins, good for him. He gotten cleaned up. He's I was gonna sober. say life stuff. You mean alcohol and drugs? Oh uh, right? yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he got well. He got himself clean, and um, he what was it? He um, uh, crap. Who was the guy that he he got in a fight with in Dawkins? Who was that? Uh, George Lynch. His uh, his guitarist was uh, you know one of a thousand different guys who were famous named George Lynch, but um, but he famously got punched out by George Lynch, and that's what led led the Doc and like kind of go you know going their going their different ways because and so like after one of the songs, Doc is like, hey man, really cool to be here. I don't know why he's talking like a hippie, but he's just like, wow, it's so cool to see all these guys from back in the day. He's like, 
and I'm like, and like George Lynch's band Lynch Mob was on was on the uh, the docket as well. So it's like, is he gonna mention Lynch Mob man here and George Lynch? And he goes, he goes, saw my old pal George Lynch, and we're like, whoa, okay, I guess they're cool now. And he's like, yeah, man, uh, I kind of drank a lot back in the day, and that's that wasn't really good. And you know, me and George we're cool now. And I'm like, so you're gonna bring him out for your set, right? Like he's gonna come out and like play a couple songs at you guys. And it's like, no, they're not that cool. <laughs> like they're not that cool about things yet, but. But he was just like, but like listening to him sing though, it was like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. Like it's, it's the, the voice just ain't there. Yeah. Like, you know, with a lot of those guys, it's just, I mean, you have to kind of expect it. It's been uh, 40 years in some cases, you know, now that we think about it, like, oh my God. But maybe um, we could do a draft someday, Joe, of concerts we've been to that turn out to be not as good as we wanted them to be. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I could probably pick out gr- like from festivals. I could probably pick out groups where I was hyped and then I heard them and I was like, oh my God, no. Like yeah. just walked away like, what was that? I don't even understand what they were supposed to be. I'll never forget in the 90s because I am, I was, I ain't, was, well, I am still a huge Boys the Men fan. But I mean, this is when they like took the R&B world by storm mm-hmm. and it was all four of them. Now there's only three and there's only been three for a long time. But yeah. I remember seeing them live and I was like, oh, my God, these guys sound freaking horrible live. I mean, nothing wow. like they sound on record. But anyway, the, 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 that's that's how nice that's how it's nice to have a good producer. You can have yeah. they, they can cover yeah. up a lot of the flaws. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. One quick non-sports thing and then we'll we'll dive into uh, I'm putting up a graphic. It, it's been a, a terrible month for. Fictional mobster actors. Man, no um, kidding. Now, Paul Sorvino just went Ray Loyota, James Kahn, Tony Sirico over the last, uh, even just a couple months, man. Henry Hill and Sonny from from, from uh, The Godfather. Of course, Polly Walnuts. Now, Polly from, from The Goodfellas. And plus, he's been in a lot of other stuff. But God, mm-hmm. man, it's just, man, when it rains, it pours. These, uh, these mobster characters, I should say, I mean, real life people who's unfortunately right. passed away. But man, what a... A rough month or a couple of months this has been for for uh these guys man and just fans of these great mob classics and these are like these aren't like bit players in these in these productions these right. are like the like big factors in these yeah. movies like two guys two like the, hitters sure two big guys from obviously the lead guy in goodfellas but uh paul sorvino playing paulie in goodfellas oh my god like he was a guy that you, you watch that and if you knew nothing about him you think like okay he's actually he's actually connected a, B, I would never cross that guy. Are you kidding me? Like he's he just he gives you that. Like, some actors are really good at giving a look, and it tells you everything you need to know about that scene and what they're doing and what it says what they're doing. And Paul Sorvino was really good at that. Like he just a lot, so many times in that movie where he just throws a look and you're just like, oh man, he's pissed, or oh man, he's gonna kill somebody, or yeah. you know, just just not even didn't even need to say anything, didn't even need to say a damn thing, and he just he's just like. Like that's a commanding presence in a film. The to be look able to he have gave, that kind the of thing. look he gave Henry Hill in, in uh, Goodfellas when he, when oh, he when was he on the drugs out. and just that look, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. The, yeah, the drug stuff, Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy, yeah, just tough, man. Tough yeah, couple but it's, months, it, man. that stinks. Like Tony Sirico, he, when you you heard all the stories about him, like after the fact, and you're just like, man, that guy sounds like he was awesome. Just like you know, on off screen, just a great funny dude to be around and obviously you know obviously Polly walnuts is like an unreal character like just every episode that he's involved in it's like he's either stealing it with comedy or stealing it by being a knucklehead or stealing it by being absolutely terrifying like it's yeah. 
Like that's a that's a I don't know, that's a hell of a way to perform. Like that's I mean, it's kind of the only thing he's ever been known for, but man, if that's your legacy, that's a hell of a legacy. It is. One last uh non-Bills or Sabres thing, and then I promise you fans, we're we're jumping in, so hold your horses a little bit. <laughs> Joe and I are both Yankees fans, and I think they made a pretty significant trade on Wednesday night. They traded mm-hmm. three mid-level prospects yeah. for uh, Andrew Benettini and th- because the biggest reason why this I think this is such a, a big move for the Yankees is he don't strike out nearly as much Joey Gallo <laughs> dude look man Joey Gallo he's been the, the punching bag for a lot of Yankees fans yeah. but it's been earned man I mean this dude mm-hmm. is always striking out uh, Benettini's in 320 he only has three home runs and, and 39 RBIs there's not much pop with his bat but he hits for average and he doesn't strike out nearly as much anyway. 52 mm-hmm. Ks this year. He strikes out about 15% of the time. I was looking up the stats. Meanwhile, Joey Gallo, who soon, if not by the time you hear this, isn't on that roster anymore. Mm-hmm. He's got 12 home runs. So he's obviously got power, but he's hitting 160. Joe, you can hit with your shoulder sling right now. You could almost hit 161 right now. That's what he's sure. been hitting this year. I'm pretty sure that's what my batting out. average was in Little League was a 160. <laughs> 103 strikeouts in, in 230 at-bats. Nearly 45% of the time this guy came to the plate, he struck out. It's, uh, the fact that Ben Benintendi's only struck out like 52 times, that's like a, a quarter or a fifth as much as Joey Gallo can strike out in a year. I mean, a fifth is being Crazy. exaggerating, but like 200, him striking out 200 times a season is like <laughs> almost automatic. Yeah. Which I mean, it's things I... Joey Gallo's power, I love his power. Just sure. an inc- like a stoic home runs all the time. But like when it's uh, one home run every eight games, is it? Like what is 12, 12 over 80 or 90 games? It's like one over every, every nine games or something. Like, yeah. I ain't got to do it, man. Like, I mean, if he gets on base a ton, cool. But like, you can live with it. If he's, you know, if his on base percentage is over 400, then like, you can live with it in June, can, July, and May. It. Are you going to live yeah, it in September and October? No, though, you know what I mean? No, or, no, uh, no. You know, the guy either it's a home run or strikes out. It just, it, it doesn't work. I think it's I've, a good move. I've seen, I've seen too many Yankees teams in the past that had, had guys that, you know, were great hitters all year long and then suddenly couldn't hit in the postseason. You know, for a guy that was like, you know, for, and for, you know, knowing well enough, you got a guy that can't really hit, can't really deliver. Uh, but like the power is the tantalizing part. Like you can't live on that in the playoffs. You're get you're not gonna face any bum pitchers in the playoffs. Like it doesn't matter. Like if you're playing like the you know the worst wild card team, it, chances are they still got a couple of guys that can help help them win a series in five. So yeah, I I know I feel bad. I like Joey Gallo, but he he can't he can't deal with that anymore. Like it's just it's too bad. But but at the same point, like sorry man, it's cutthroat business. If you ain't getting it done, you gotta go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden. All right, let's dive into some uh, Buffalo Bills football quickly here. So I saw a graphic on Twitter. The USA Today put out a... uh, I don't know who the person was who actually predicted these. I, I can't think off the top of my head, but I know this is from USA Today. And they have the Buffalo Bills going 15 and two this year. Now, I love the Buffalo Bills, not just as a fan, but I, I love this Buffalo Bills objectively as a football team. I've said it and I truly believe it. I think from top to bottom, one to 53, I think this is the best roster in the entire NFL. But man, 15 and two. I'll tell you right now, if I had money and I was being objective and I was going to go bet, I would bet that the Bills will go 15 and two. There's too many factors that could happen. Um, mm-hmm. I got, if you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, I, I do have the graphic up. They have the uh, 2022 NFL record projections for every single team in this league. Uh, I don't know, Joe. What, what do you think about the Bills being projected at 15 and two? And then after that, I'll follow it up because I got a couple teams where I, I think this chart is is off. And I'll explain what I think, and then maybe we'll come back with a couple years. By the way, they got your lines at eight and nine. So, yeah, that's that's pretty that. funny. They're not going to be eight and nine. Isn't 15 and two? I mean, for, look again. This team's really, really good, man. But they're not a Super Bowl champion. They're not coming off a Super Bowl appearance. Not even coming off an AFC Championship appearance right now, let alone AFC Championship loss. Yeah, fifteen and two just seems so lofty, man. The Bills are really, really, really. Forget about the the, the Bills fans because you would expect that. This is national, largely unbiased media right now. Not even local media. This is national media mm-hmm. that is just uh, they're drooling over the Buffalo Bills. Fifteen and two, man. What do you think? Did uh, before we get into that, did they do a side by side of what they predicted for records last year compared to how it turned out? Because I'd be curious to what me too. No, I didn't. <laughs> what what the did, percentage was of ones they got right? Because I know uh, fans were up in arms about stuff last year, sure. uh, especially with the Bills thing. I think I think he overcorrected based on being bullied online. Could be <laughs> last year, and he's like, "Fine, fine, you guys are going to go fifteen and two. Great, you're the best team in the world. Go away." Could be, but man, but, uh, but, like, were we were we just talking? a week or two ago about how wicked the first part of their schedule is like the first six, seven, yep. eight games last week. Yeah. We died like, multiple times. I mean, so, okay. So like the first seven, eight games, if they go five and two through that, that's really goddamn good. But then sure. you're going to tell me they're going to run the table the rest of the season. Like, I mean, they could, like they could, I mean, the teams are pretty weak. That second half of the schedule, you know, yeah. once, 
Like once they play Minnesota and Detroit, it's just kind of like, all right, man, like this, this is all playoff warmups at this point. Just you know, don't get hurt, you know, whoop them by 30 and get, get Allen, get Allen and Diggs off the field after the third quarter, you know, like that's, that's how, that, I mean, in the ideal scenario anyways, that's how like the last month of the season should be for him. But mm-hmm. I don't know, 15 and two, man, like you're, don't be a coward then just make him 17 and oh, just, you know, <laughs> Quit, be, quit being a baby about it and just being like, fine, they're going to run the table. Great, cool. This is not uncommon either, the Bills being projected this high. I mean, I'm seeing it more and more. Maybe not quite oh, 15 yeah. and 2, but a lot of 14 and 3. It's just, I don't know, man. I just feel like a team should earn on the field, not on paper, should earn being this much better than everybody else. I just, yeah. I look at teams that are proven like the Rams in the chiefs and they got the bills three games better than the Rams. They got them, the bills four games better than the chiefs. That's mm-hmm. just really, really, really lofty. And I two just, games better than the bucks, which I think is crazy. I think that's another, we'll get it. We'll get into those, but, but like, we're going to disagree with that. in a, just a minute here, because that's what I wanted to do again. I'm going to slap this up again. On, I, I, if you're watching on YouTube, if not, I'll explain on the audio version again, all 32 teams, they have a record projection for each. I look at them. And look, every year, and to your point that you made a couple minutes ago, every single year in every poll or, or projection that you ever see, there's always some team that's projected to win four or five games that makes the playoffs. It happens every mm-hmm. single season. Mm-hmm. And then there's teams that are expected to win 12, 11 games, and they end up being 5-11 and 11 or 5-12 and 12 now because there's yeah. 17 games. So that's going to happen every year. I'm looking at these, and off the top of my head, there's a couple that stand out to me. Um, he's got the Colts winning the division, so they'd still be in the playoffs, but only at nine and eight. I, I think the Colts are better than a nine and eight mm-hmm. football team. I, they I got a better quarterback. They got a better too. quarterback alone. That should be good for one or two wins. Absolutely. Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz, and I think the Colts are a good team. So I think they're underselling the Colts being nine and eight. I can see them winning 11, 12 games for sure. Um, I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan. In fact, if you remember last week, we yeah. literally spent 15 minutes <laughs> where I was telling you that Kyler Murray is a borderline at best top 10 quarterback and therefore not one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, while other people say top 10 means you are one of the best, whatever. Anyway, my point was this. I don't think he's all that, but I do think the Cardinals are better than the 7 and 10 projection that, um, that the USA Today has them. I can see them winning 10 games for sure. Tough division, sure, but I, I think they're a good team. New England, they got a 10 and 7, second in the division. I completely disagree. I think that the Patriots this year are going to be worse than 10 and 7. I can see them mm-hmm. winning six to seven games. And this is the one where I feel like you and I are going to disagree with because maybe not, but I, I think so. They got Tampa Bay at 13 and 4. I'm going to tell you right now, I look at this list, and if I were going to bet money, like give me a team that's going to have the most less victories than what's projected. I'm not going to say the biggest difference because tech, Houston at three and 14, even if they win, if they go seven and, and nine or seven and 10, that's mm-hmm. a four game swing. Right. But going the opposite way down from projected wins. If you were going to say, Pat, pick a team and put some money on it. That's going to have the fewest wins than expected. I'm going to say Tampa Bay two reasons. Number one, at some point, Tom Brady's got to fall off a little bit. How many years have you been saying this? I, I know, but, now, but this, but this time I finally mean it. It's like when I talk about my diet, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to go on a diet. This time I finally really mean it. He's going to fall off at some point. He, he has to a little bit, not to mention the odds of getting hurt go up. Also, they lost some pieces, man. Um, 
especially on that defense. Last year, that team was really good. Last, Yeah, yeah, they lose their head coach. So they got a first-year head coach. And the reason why that team has been as good as they have been for the last two years, and quite frankly, why they won the Super Bowl two years ago, is based on that defense. And they Mm -hmm. lost not one, but both of their really, really good defensive ends, JPP and uh, Shaquille Barrett. They're both gone. They're both gone now. And I got to look it up. I, I forgot who they replaced by. I know William Golson was one of them, and uh, I'm looking it up right now. And Akeem Hicks. That ain't JPP and Barrett right now. That's a big difference. They got Vita Bay in the middle, but they also lost Nakama Kasu, who still was a mm-hmm. productive player. He had yeah. six sacks last year. So the guy could still play. That defense took some licks, is what I'm saying. And the linebackers are really good. This, the secondary, eh, kind of a mixed bag. And Tom Brady's age, so if I had to pick one team that's going to fall off the most, I could see Tampa Bay going from 13 instead of 13 and four. I'd say they can go nine and eight. That's how I four game difference, I, I would say. Saints might win that division, by the way. They could. They could. I they got Carolina at 710. I ain't buying that. Like they yeah. got they, they got three different guys that got fighting for a quarterback, and none of them are good. So, you know, one, one's a year. one's a rookie, you know, one's Baker, and then you got Darnold. So it's like, whatever, man. It's it's a graveyard of they all stink too, been. by the way. Right. Baker Mayfield stinks. I don't care what team he's on. I know Cleveland didn't have do him any favors, but you're either good or you're not, and he's not good. Anyway, you're right. So, I, I that's a good one. You pe- you mentioned the Cardinals and them at seven and ten. I is insane to me. But going back to the Kyler Murray conversation, this they're basically saying there are 23 quarterbacks that can get their teams to a better record than Kyler Murray, and I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> you gonna tell me Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are gonna get the Vikings Alliance to a granted it's one game to a what to a better record than the Cardinals will? I don't think so. No way. Like it's impossible. The Broncos, I mean, I mean, okay, West that division is that's a different breed. That that you know, Broncos being eight nine is whatever. They're, but like someone has the, the record, the records look all uh, they look all screwy because like you got like what how many teams under five hundred in the AFC one? Two, three, Cleveland, four, five, six. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Houston, the Jets. That's it, right? So, so you're saying you got ten teams that are going to be not just above 500, but way above 500. Like, are they all just going to feast on the NFC? And then you got the NFC. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams that are over 500. Then you got two more that are eight and nine. Like. Sorry, man. Like none of these compute. Like some of these numbers just they don't make sense. But like I, I don't know. I, either either some teams are going to be way worse, or you know there's there's going to be some different. Like Seattle at five and twelve, that might be generous. Drew Locke, like no way, man. Like sorry, I. Yeah, know, they're not. I, I don't. I, I don't buy that. But like you got Atlanta two and fifteen. Anytime I mean, a team's you know, only projected to win two or lose two, I'll bet against that. They're going to yeah. stumble their way into four or five wins. You know, Bears four and thirteen. I thought Mitch Trubisky was a savior. Oh wait, he was already there and he was bad. That's right. <laughs> that's right. No Pittsburgh, like Pittsburgh nine and eight. Like I think that's I think that's being soft on Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh always overcomes poor expectations. Yeah, because Mike Tomlin's the best coach in the NFL. That's my hot take because he gets a tra- he gets a trash setup and he finds a way to get him in the playoff picture every year. Yeah, yeah, a guy who had no arm for the last five years and he got him in the playoffs, what, four or five of those years? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Like, I don't know. I, it, there's just, there's so much about this that is just kind of like, it's, 
it's a lot of hedging bets and trying to be like, well, I don't want to totally sleep on them, but I'm going to kind of sleep on them. Yeah. I, and then I, others I, where it's just like, crown them, crown them now. I would say this too. And then, and then we're going to move on because I got a couple of actual bills specific items I want to talk about. But to the point of, uh, we're going to spend a lot of time over the next couple of weeks, handful of weeks talking AFC East, obviously, because that's the division of Buffalo Bills playing and we'll be focused a lot more on that. But even just looking at that, first of all, the Jets, I think they're going to be better than five and 12. Unless Zach Wilson really is bad. Yeah. I think they're a team that can win eight games this year, eight to nine games. Seven and to the ten other I can one, see is realistic. I, I understand why Tua or why Miami is projected to be nine and eight. And that's because Tua is a big question mark. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you this right now, very confidently. If Tua is slightly above average, forget about mm-hmm. elite. He ain't going to be elite. But let's yeah. just say he's slightly above average. He's better than a lot of people think that they're going to be. If that is the case, I am telling you right now, Miami Dolphins are winning 12 games this year. They're going to be 12 and five. That team on wow. paper, besides their quarterback position, is as good almost mm-hmm. as anybody. That secondary is elite. Their playmakers are elite. They got Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill and Gusecki. They got better mm-hmm. running backs. The offensive line is okay. They got a lot of talent on defense, man. Miami Dolphins are a hell of a good football team. They just have a big, big question mark at quarterback. So yeah. I understand why they're nine and eight, but they potentially could be a team that re- legitimately challenges the Buffalo bills for the AFC East. I think that Miami on paper is that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so much about the way they ended last season was really good. You know, their defense, especially mm-hmm. uh, granted it's a new coach. Now granted, I love the new coach, the guy from San Francisco, they got from San Francisco. Uh, love him. So I, I, I can see buying in on Miami. Uh, the fact they got he, whoever put this together puts New England at ten and seven though. I'm like, mm, nope. Even believe in Mac Jones that. to win ten games in a season. Okay, pal. I'll bet on that not happening. I'll that's, bet on that. that's that's what I'd take the under on. You said you set the over under on them at ten. I'm taking the under. Most teams in the off season, you feel good about how they when they reset their roster and they do things. Even if your team's not good, you feel like they did good things to take good steps. It's not often where you say we took a step backwards in the offseason. I feel like the mm-hmm. Patriots went backwards. They didn't sign anybody who was any good. They lost players. They didn't like their draft at all. And I don't think Mac Jones is that good. And I don't mm-hmm. think Bill Belichick is quite the coach that everyone in the world thinks he is without Tom Brady. They just, to me, it's a form. Now, hey, I'm saying all this stupid shit and they made the playoffs last year. So, I mean, and they yeah. beat the Bills last year, too, in Buffalo, whether played a big yeah, factor still wins a win yeah and was <laughs> like i said we're going to spend plenty of time talking about the afc's teams as training camp in the preseason progresses i want to kind of circle back to, to the, the 15 and 2 projection with the bills so all right pat you don't think the bills could go 15 and 2 well why well obviously injuries is the biggest reason that i mean mm-hmm. any team in the nfl you lose josh allen you know what I'm saying? Bye-bye season. Goodbye season, yeah. D- ditto with the Chiefs with Mahomes or Dallas with Dak Prescott. I mean, it can go on and on and on. You know what I'm saying. That's no yep. diss to the Bills. That's just the way it is. Injuries could derail a season. But let's just, just take injuries out of it. What are two reasons that I am personally right now really concerned about the Bills? Or not, I'm not really concerned, but if I had reason, cause for a little bit of pessimism to uh, when, when it comes to this roster. Number one is the cornerback position. And we went through this last year. I mean, it's not like Trey White just got hurt this offseason and we don't know anything about the Bills secondary without him. Mm-hmm. But the depth right now at this position, I don't like it. You got a rookie in Caroline, or Elam, I should say, I'm sorry. And then you got Dane Jackson. Those are your two starters right now. And Dane Jackson, 
he is a, he's an up and down player. He's really hit and miss. Sometimes he looks great and sometimes he, he doesn't look great. I've read a lot of reports from sports media people covering camp right now. And again, there's not too much to tell there and not even a pad yet, but kind of that's how it's been. He's hit or miss. And Elam, Elam's a rookie. So if Trey White's not back or if he's not 100%, I am concerned about, you know, we talk about how good the AFC East is, or the whole conference, I'm sorry, not the East, how good the conference is, Joe. We talk about how loaded the AFC is, all these great quarterbacks. Let's just say Trey is either not playing at all or he's not 100% for the first four or five weeks. Bill's mm -hmm. got a tough schedule early on, right? Yep. I mean, we've said that many, many times. Mm -hmm. When I got a tough schedule and you got a rookie who's never played in the NFL before and you got Dane Jackson who could be good at times and at times not so good. Mm -hmm. And then behind them, too, there's nothing right now. Saran Neal is a special teams guy. Um, Nick McLeod. Saran Neal, I love Saran Neal on special teams, but, man, in regular – Regular yeah. coverage, man. He's good for not, penalties. Not, not so great. Not so great. And then they got two really young guys, Nick McLeod and Christian Benford, who are uh, – they've proven nothing in this league. Literally nothing. Is, so, Taren, is Taron Johnson still alive? Yeah, he is. I don't even okay. count him, though. He's I, he, To me, he's almost like amongst the linebackers. He's, okay. the, he's one of, if not the best slot corner in the NFL. But my concern is the outside guys, the guys watching the receivers on the outside. That's, I'm not I guess worried about Taron. That's I guess that's where I I'm thinking. I was like, why is it Taron Johnson playing outside? Like like he's he's a corner, he, right? Like he is, on. but he he excels. He he really excels on the inside. That's where he his uh his bread is buttered. So they're not going to move him. It's the outside guys. And again, Trey White comes back and he's healthy and he's 100 percent far less of a of a worry. Right. But until that happens. In the early part of the season, especially with a tough schedule, Elam and Dane Jackson, that's that's thin. And that's mm -hmm. a lot. That's reasons to be concerned if you're trying to go yeah. 15 and 2, or even if you forget 15 and 2, you're trying to win the number one seed in the, in the AFC. That's the goal, right? Like that's that's the goal for the season's home I'm field. Surprised that, never mind going 15 and 2. I'm surprised they haven't signed a, a veteran corner like a Joe Hayden or somebody leaving to bring in the camp just to see if they got any juice left in the. Uh, in the tank, you so know, Joe, Joe Hayden's pretty close to the side of being toast. He is, but maybe he, he can still help short term. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, you got to need it for like a patchwork then. Okay. But that's know, a like, legitimate concern. No, you're, you're, you got two outside corners who, you know, have like, again, Kyrie Elam has never played a game in the NFL and mm -hmm. Dane Jackson. He started last year after the injuries, but they lose Levi Wallace, so that it's even thinner than it was last mm -hmm. year. Now Levi Wallace is no world killer, but he was a good player. He was solid. He was steady. Yeah. So that's yeah. the reason why, if I'm going to say they ain't going 15 and two, that would be my number one reason. And then the number two reason is the offensive line, the depth. I mm -hmm. think the five starters are okay, but even then, uh, you know, Roger Saffold's 34 years old, and he's here on a one-year deal, and he got in a car. As, I mean, this is you can't say he's injury prone because they said right. he do it on the field. He got in a car accident. He's got cracked ribs. They're hopeful he'll be ready to play before the season starts. Ryan Bates looked really good last year, but he only started five games. Mm -hmm. You know, then they, they tried. They wanted to play four or five other guys before they finally gave Bates a shot. But mm -hmm. then they liked him, and they you know they uh, they matched Minnesota's offer, so he's here for the next four years. And the tackles are solid, but I mean, again, you look at the depth after that, after um, the starters and Tommy Doyle, the fifth round pick last year, he's probably the swing tackle, Greg Mance, David Quinsonberry. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of depth on the offensive line. So, and it's like that with most teams to be fair, but you know, those are two reasons. Do you agree? Like if you were to say, Joe, what's a couple of reasons why the bills might not go 15 and two O line depth and cornerback sound like two reasons, right? 
Yeah, the O line is what would worry me more because we have seen what happens with injuries there. You know, sure. uh, you know, last year. I mean, they were very fortunate last year that um, not only did you know Spencer Brown was able to step up and play play as well as he did, but they were able yeah. to you know you know when Bates came in, like okay, you know you you were able to get guys to step up into those positions and and take you yeah. know take it and run with it. Uh, you can't always bank on that happening, like, right? You know, you can't always assume that okay, next man up's got this. Don't worry about it. Now, that's a that you hope that that is the mindset of the team that like, hey, yeah, if guy goes down, we got it. Like, we, you know, we'll take care of this. And I assume that's the mindset there because why wouldn't it be like that? You, if that was even a doubt, there's no way people would say the Bills would be a Super Bowl favorite because you'd just be sitting there going like, geez, man, they can't they can't afford to lose one guy even for a game. Because uh, who knows how this is going to work out, but um, but to me the line, the line worries me a little bit more because they guard your jewel to getting to everywhere. Absolutely. So you know, Absolutely. and and like, listen, it's where everybody will yell at me, but Allen can run. Like I know he can run, but also you don't want him running for his life. You win by him throwing the ball. You know, like you don't you don't need this guy just running around just doing crazy stuff all the time so we saw the line struggle you're 100 right we saw it last year we literally lost a fucking jacksonville last year yeah. because they couldn't block by the way i didn't even mention cody ford i mean he's gonna get a chance well, again but at this point it's like eh. and everybody's yeah. kind of over him yeah we saw it last year feliciano got hurt and he was ineffective at, often he got benched actually mm-hmm. by the end of the year anyway and uh deon dog has had covid twice yeah. the line when the line's not right i don't care who your quarterback is Look no further than the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when there, there's probably not a better quarterback on this planet than Patrick Mahomes. Look what happens when you can't block to the pass rush. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for I was waiting for the I was waiting for the siren to go off and get you on that one. Yeah, that was... no siren. No hot take alert there. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, those are the two things to me that if you're looking at it objectively and you say, well, you know, maybe the bills aren't quite that good or things that you need to worry about that might make them not quite that good and at least in the win-loss column anyway that's yeah. what i would say yeah, uh they're, they're gonna be a playoff team they're gonna be really sure. good they're gonna be right. you know they're gonna be in the running to be long as know, home field like you know but i mean if these are the worries where you're like well if these three things happen at this one position then we're then we're hurting well yeah everybody else would be too absolutely and I had to think long and hard to the funny part. I had to think long and hard to even come up with two reasons <laughs> to be worried. Because, again, everything's going so well on paper and just how everyone feels about this team. You almost, that Buffalo in you, that Bills fan, and that Buffalo fan needs to be a little bit uh, dialed back a little bit. And speaking of, quickly here, Sabres. So there's nothing going on with the Sabres. Yeah. How you and Lance are able to how, <laughs> how you and Lance Lazowski at Made and Stay Podcast are, are able to put together something every week. Right now is beyond me. Um, obviously, you guys <laughs> spent a lot of time talking, going back and forth. You guys got a good rapport, so it makes for entertaining and informative listening. But still, the topic, topical wise, ain't shit going on in hockey right now. No, so you know, no. you guys got your work cut out for you. Yeah, I will. I will say this though, Joe. I had a dream a couple of days ago, and you know how it is with dreams. You only remember parts of it or whatever. Right. But what I do remember is that in Buffalo, the Sabers were every. I remember putting up polls or seeing polls. I didn't put up a poll, but in my dream, I saw a poll where the mm-hmm. Sabres were, it was like 50, 50, like who do you like more the bills and the Sabres? And it was like 50, 50, the, the Sabres were as popular with their fanatics mm-hmm. as the bills. So I, I guess the only question that I could form this for you would be to say this, 
even when the Sabres were great, like back in the years when, when people were nuts about the team with Drury mm-hmm. and Briere, there was always more, way more Bills fans than Sabres fans. So there'll never be as many Sabres fans as there are Bills fans. Mm-hmm. But what does it need? What needs to happen for the same short, of course, of winning the Stanley Cup? What needs to happen for this team to start to get fans back on that level? Like people who are Sabres fans, like right now they're Sabres fans. But like, yeah, the team's pretty good. I'm going to go to a couple games this year. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like, yo, dude, Dave Thompson's at 67 West, man. I heard, I got to go see him. I want to get his autograph. I, I got to see him. That's kind of how it is with the Bills right now. Mm-hmm. If Josh Allen or Dawson Knox, one of these guys are at a book signing or some kind of event, people flock to go see them. Like mm-hmm. fans are like, oh my God, I got to see Tate Thompson. I got to go see Jeff Skinner. They're wherever. Or I'm not going to a couple games this year. I'm going to fucking save up every penny I have to go to as many games as humanly possible. Like mm-hmm. what do you feel like this team is like even in that vicinity of that happening amongst their fans? What needs to happen for something like that? They, they, they're within, they're within range of being able to, to kind of grasp attention like that. Um, they need to just build off the excitement they had the last two months of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need that to carry over into this year. You need you need the young guys to continue to to, to grow. You need Thompson to to be for, a for real, you know, 35, 40 goal guy. Like you can't. It wouldn't help them out if he regresses to like being a twenty goal guy. Like I mean, given previous expectations, if he became a twenty goal guy every year, you're like, wow, awesome, incredible. Now the bar's set pretty high, so sure. Uh, so you want, but you, like, if, but if he can repeat that, man, that's that's a that's a huge boost. A kind of like Josh he, Allen. Right? Yeah, uh, the bar. Yeah. The point being, is the bar well, gets high, and then he reached it again. <laughs> if you started Josh Allen as a tight end first, then you're like, ah, screw it, put him at quarterback. It can't be any worse. <laughs> then yeah, that would be like Tage Thompson. So, uh, but um, I don't know. You, you get a you get a repeat season like that from Skinner. You get if he scores 30 again this year, like that's that's a huge help. People love him. They absolutely love Skinner. He's got like the the boy band looks to him, which I know is an ancient way of putting it, but um, but like he just got like he's just got like this nice off-ice demeanor, personality. People love him, they're smiling, like everybody loves that. And then when he's on the ice, he's an absolute asshole to everybody on the other team. And he's just barking at people, he's cursing them out, he's chirping them, he's doing all that stuff. So like he's a He's a pretty ideal Buffalo guy, honestly, when you think about it. Like Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner is just kind of like, you know, sweet, nice. He's like, oh, man, Buffalo, nice. Oh, this is really cool. You get him in the competition, and he's like, hey, F you, pal. You stink. Like, it, it's 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 a switch. It just flips with him. Um, but if you get, you know, if, if Jack Quinn gets in the lineup and he starts lighting it up, like, that's a huge thing because, God help me, uh, that'll start up the Josh Allen talk. It was like, nobody wanted Jack Quinn. Nobody wanted him. He said he stinks. Like, just get out of my face with that crap, please. Just keep, keep, it's like, it's like the I old commercials. You said that. Keep, it's like the old commercials. Keep the chocolate and the peanut butter separate. I know it's better together, but like, keep the Bills and the Sabres apart for a little while. It's, it's just, you guys, yeah. Bills are in another planet with success. The Sabres are still figuring their shit out. So like, just, Keep and keep the comparisons away. That's that's a good know. take, though. I never thought of that until you said that. Because to your point, he was drafted. What Quinn was drafted eighth. Josh Allen was drafted seventh. And well, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't so much that. It wasn't so much that as it was. They didn't want him. Mm, a lot of fans didn't fans want Quinn. 
That's like, I, I think Bills fans were very eager that whatever quarterback they took, they're like, okay, he's our guy. We trust mm, him. Not so much. There are a lot of, there's a lot of anti well, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pissy stuff about, you know, whether him or Rosen. A lot Rosen of fans whatever, wanted but, Josh Rosen. I mean, I put a poll up before the draft. I'm sure. More fans wanted Rosen, but yeah. But like, but, you're, but ultimately you're stuck with him. Like yeah, you gotta, yeah. like, you're not going to sit there and boo the guy because he's not the guy you wanted them to draft. Right. right. Like you're just like, well, he's ours. He better work. You know, that's, that's basically you, you stand there and cross your arms. You say, well, he better work out or else this was what, or right. else. I'm right. You know, like that's, and let's face it. you know, you don't want the fans to be right when it's, when it's that kind of situation. Um, but like, you know, there, there were a handful of other guys that, that sparked, you know, I don't want to say spark joy. Cause that's, that's lame, but like that sparked the curiosity of people more like Marco Rossi was a guy that people, Rossi was a teammate of Quinn's in, in Ottawa, Ottawa, Oshawa, Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and Rossi put up tons of points. He's a center the whole thing. Like everything you're just like, that's the guy the Sabres need. They should pick him. So they pick Quinn, who scored 50 goals, you know, scores off the rush, does all that stuff. But you're like, he's kind of older than all the other guys drafted. And you're just kind of like, all right, man, like, I don't know about this guy. Maybe was he just feeding off his teammate? That was a lot better. But, you know, Lance and I have talked about it a ton. Looking back on that draft, they could have picked, they could have picked anybody around that, like the, the, you know, the next five picks after them. If they picked any of those guys, they'd have been fine too. So like, you know, it was unless they went really off the radar and picked somebody like, totally stupid and then like that's then you can kill them for it but like they couldn't have gone wrong and they didn't go wrong so they picked the guy that fits them hopefully it works um but like you want you want those young guys to have success you want Darlene to be even better you want own power to 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 shine immediately like you want all those young guys all the stuff like from the past where people are just like no the young guys are going to be what gets us out of this you know they're going to be fun they're going to be exciting let's do it that way and thankfully Don Granado coaches them to be a fun style, a fun team to watch. You know, whether mm-hmm. they win or lose, they're fun to watch. Sure. So you keep the entertainment value aspect of it high. If win or lose, people are going to like it. Now, we'll see what happens this year because there's going to be expectations. People are going to expect them to be a lot better, to, to make a run at the playoffs, whether that's realistic or not. I don't know that that's very realistic right now, but um, but you want them to be in that conversation eventually you know towards getting close to the end of the season you just want them to be in the hunt because if they're in the hunt then they did something right right um but if they're out of it by you know you, you turn the calendar into february and they're pretty much like every year yeah like but like not not in an embarrassing way but if they're just like it's too big of a mountain to overcome then mm-hmm. you know you want they want ideally you want this team to be in pretty good shape by the time the bill season's over with so people can just like carry that right into that let's face it, as long as the Bills are around and playing, Sabres are, are you know, below the fold when it comes yeah. to the coverage. You know, like you, that's that's how it works. You say so many players, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, man? This, potentially, anyway, there's a, enough They're going to be power. fun to watch. Like, yeah, that, that's just, the thing. You just need the goaltending to hold up. You need, you know, you just you need some guys to repeat performances so or get better from it. Like, yeah, either way. I just want them to be good enough and exciting enough that instead of just talking about it on podcasts or seeing people tweet about the team, I want to see it translate mm-hmm. to the box office. I want to see the arena full again. I want to see party you and ownership in the both pal. <laughs> I know, I know. And I want to see party in the plazas again. You know, it was just such a fun time to be a Sabres fan. That's the thing. Again, at that time it was on the same level as the bills, not as many fans, but fanatically speaking, they were on mm-hmm. the same level. I want well, to see the, that again. That's the thing. Everybody wants that. Like no matter like players want it, you know, executives want the executives want it. Obviously the fans definitely want it, 
But yeah, but like they got to remember what happened when they tried to push it a few years ago. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't work. Right. It didn't it didn't work? They gave up tons of futures to make it work, and it didn't work because they were right. all the wrong people to bring in. Yeah. So that that's the thing. Like people. Some people wanted them to like really push, make a trade to get you know a better guy. You know, why didn't they get Matthew Kachuk? Why didn't they get these? You know, these guys. It's like, listen, they, that's not the conversation for them right now. In a year or two, that they should mm-hmm. be in those conversations. Like that's that's where they should be. They got the cap yeah. flexibility, ideally. You know, they've got the you know they're in a place where they're going to be competitive in the playoffs. They're going to be you know they they can make that push for the Stanley Cup. Okay, then you think about making that trade, making that kind of deal. Then right now, no, you don't. You don't know if you have the goalie. Like they're high on Eric Comrie, that's cool, but they don't know if you got the goalie. Uh, your defense is really young, so you got to see how they hold up. You need to see what your forwards, if your forwards can repeat what they did last year. You know, at least a handful of them, anyways. You need some guys to be better. You need some guys to take a step. Can they do that? Can all those guys do that? Like, it's a lot of stuff you need to go right to be able to say, okay, our progression is where we like it. Let's build on that into next season. Because if they repeat this year and do like a 78, 79 point season, that's a big disappointment. Yeah. I agree. All right, let's uh let's get to our starting five draft, and we'll recap last week to begin. Uh, we did wow. movie rom coms, uh, a rare victory, but uh, I certainly will gladly take it for me. Sixty seven percent, I took forgetting Sarah Marshall, forty year old virgin, the wedding singer, pretty woman, uh, and there's something about Mary. Joe took thirty three percent. Joe took when Harry met Sally, clueless, ten things I hate about you, Groundhog Day, and Notting Hill. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Forget about who won this poll and forget what the percentage is. I already have this. I know you have. You're already <laughs> on the next one. I get that. <laughs> Honestly, I, it was. I don't like it. It was a lazy by me, a lazy effort with uh with the category. It was too vague. Best rom coms. It should have been a timeline for rom coms. Like we could have did one okay. on 2000s. We could have did one. We could have did these by decades. You could find and and trust me. A lot of the yeah. reactions were. More than people supporting either of us, I think that a lot of the reactions were ones we didn't take because yeah. this was such a goddamn generalized category. Mm-hmm. I should have said, all right, 80s rom-coms, 90s rom-coms. We literally could have did any decade and it would might have been a little bit tougher. We could have dialed in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of felt like one of those. Yeah, the, the the one comment that I saw from somebody that offended me the most was like, why did none of you pick any of the classics? And I'm looking at mine. I'm like, I picked like three of the classics from like the 80s, 90s. Like, what are you what are you talking about? What do you mean? Yeah. No classics. Did I not pick like Roman holiday from like the 1950s or 40s? Like, sorry, man, like my bad. I should have picked Roman holiday, I guess. But but yeah, it's and uh, I think mine were more out. You said this last week. Mine were more outwardly funny. And I, and I yeah. think fans kind of stuck to that. And kind of maybe forgot even a little bit about the romantic this, part of rom-coms, <laughs> even though they were, they are rom-coms. I mean, they are stories about, you know, getting together, especially the wedding singer. I love that pick. And no one really talked about that, man. I I'm not, was I'm, a great pick for me. I'm more upset that, uh, was it Matt Perino's wife didn't tell us which ones she thought were more comedy than rom-com. I was like, come on, you got to tell us. And I don't think yeah. she ever, I don't think she ever told us. So yeah, she goes, publicly calling thought. her out. Like, you got to let us know which ones she you goes, thought were comedy. Thoughts. She's a big <laughs> pop culture person. Matt, Matt's wife is a huge uh, pop culture person. And she always has takes. I love listening to her too, man. She's <laughs> she's really cool. But uh, yeah, she did. She said, I got thoughts, but then I don't remember ever really. I asked her, I go, I go all right, tell us which ones. Cause I want to know. And then she disappeared. <laughs> I was like, come on, please. Let's jump to, uh, all right. So let's jump to this week's draft. We're doing best league guitarist. And uh, I, again, this could be somebody who's part of a band. This could be somebody who just is his own artist. 
And I, I'm going to preface this one last time by saying, I don't know nearly as much as Joe does when it comes to guitar players and that just get in my way. Rock music in general. That said, that said, Sometimes with these polls, how dumb they end up being, the less you know, the better off you do. Mm-hmm. I am, I consider myself an 80s uh, guru to some extent. And every time we see you do something 80s, I lose. And again, I spent, I said this on Twitter, we did a Christmas movies draft. I literally watched 30 mm-hmm. something Christmas movies to prepare for this draft. And it's the biggest ass whooping I ever took in three straight weeks. 53 <laughs> polls, you know, over a year's worth of polls. It was the worst beating you ever gave me. And I went into that saying, you know what? I know all these by heart and blah, blah, blah. So who knows? Maybe my lack of knowledge might somehow help me. I don't, because then maybe I won't overthink it. I don't know. But anyway, you're kicking us off. You got the first, uh, oh, first I, pick. I do have first pick. Okay, well, thank goodness, because that will allow me to take Jimi Hendrix with the with the number one pick. Okay. There's right. there's nobody there's nobody better than Jimmy. The sta- like, I think this even goes back to our stage presence conversation. Like yeah, a guy who command who can command the stage. No, granted, you know Jimmy hadn't. He died back in the early seventies, so like there wasn't wasn't a big memory of that. But man, oh man, like he's he's sometimes credited with creating heavy metal with the with the kind of way he played guitar. Like nineteen sixties, everybody's still doing hippy dippy shit, and Jimmy comes out. He just starts essentially taking blues and then turning it up to like 15, never mind turning it up to 11. He turned it up to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And like some of the stuff he's able to do on guitar is just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, so Jimmy, like he led the Jimi Hendrix experience. Um, you know, like his, all of his groups were the Jimi Hendrix, something Jimi Hendrix experience, the, you know, the, all that stuff. But you know, he's the guy, like he's just an unbelievable unbelievable top to bottom guitarist. I will say this too. <laughs> this I, we call it Tony Soprano. I, I call it a Tony Soprano pick. There's some oh, categories. No, you think that's going to be a Soprano pick? No, that what okay. I meant was, is that's like some you could debate. Like sometimes oh, we surprise okay. each other. Like I took Shawshank Redemption over Goodfellas a couple weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. kind of a surprise. Some categories it's like, you are really dumb if you don't take this and you got the first overall pick. Just yeah. like with, with like HBO, you know, characters. If you don't take Tony Soprano, you're dumb. So that's why right. I call it a Tony Soprano pick. Okay. And I'm gonna warn you. I I said this. My my reasoning behind my picks are gonna be far less detailed than what Joe just gave you with Jimi Hendrix. I got the next two. Um, I'm gonna go Jimmy Page. Nice fr- from Led Zeppelin. I do like. I actually do like Led Zeppelin. Um, just some of the guitar risk, Cashmere, Stairway to Heaven, Heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Those are songs that I like a lot. So I'm picking Jimmy Page. Again, my explanation is going to be far less than yours. And I'm going to go Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones. And the reason why is if you've been a guitar player for 177 years, then you should be on this list. The dude is like 10,000 fucking years old, isn't he? Like He's been doing drugs for over 170 years at, at this point right now. But like I like, listen, I, I like Rolling Stones music. Not as much as, as a lot of people do, but I do respect a lot of their music. I give me shelter. One of my favorite songs ever. Just mm-hmm. great guitar playing. Keith Richards. I just, I don't know, 10, 10 or 10 years got to matter to me. So I'm picking him. I'm, I'm honestly surprised because there's a guy that I'm about to take right now that I'm surprised you did not take. Uh, his name's Eddie Van Halen. I don't know if you've ever heard of his band called Van Halen before. Could have um, been my first pick. <laughs> I was expecting it to be your first pick. Um, I, I'm, I don't need to, to talk about Eddie Van Halen. He's, 
he's the, uh, just an unbelievable. My favorite Van, Eddie Van Halen story is that uh, whenever they shot videos where it's like him, you know, him, you know, obviously playing guitar. I, I think I saw this on a pop-up video thing back in the day. Uh, but he he wanted no close-ups on his on his handwork on the guitar because he didn't want anybody to copy his style. And I'm like, that's a guy who knows his shit. Like that, yeah, that's either that's somebody some who's shit, man. right. Like that's either somebody who's like thinks they're too good, and it's just like, all right, man, who's gonna copy you? But it's like, no, literally everybody would have wanted to copy Eddie Van Halen wow. and how he can, and how he could play a guitar. Hopper like Teacher is one of the, the, the oh the man, video, him playing. Oh my god, it's yeah, it's sick. yeah. I'm I'm so shocked you did not pick him. Yeah, I'll pay the um, price for that. I, maybe we'll see. Uh, but my but my my next pick is gonna be Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. Um, so many of these guys have like blues blues backgrounds, and Stevie Ray is definitely definitely one of them. But like any of his solo stuff, like any of his solo uh, solos. Never mind, like he's all these solo guy. He had, a, I mean, he has band and everything. But like, holy smokes, dude! Like that dude can just play, and like he was just such an unbelievable player. And he was able to just do so much stuff to get like these sounds out of the guitar where it was like, oh man, this guy rules. And again, another guy who's taken a, taken from us way too soon. Way, mm -hmm. way, way too soon. I think there was a helicopter accident or something like that. But like, oh man, he was so good. And just like, listen to it. And if you just, if you want to, you know, kind of debate me on this stuff, which is fine, I don't bring it, bring it to me on Twitter. Um, Listen to listen to Texas Flood and tell me what you think of his guitar playing. Holy smokes! I got two here, and uh, have I deflated you by taking Eddie Van? Halen? I I should have taken Eddie Van Halen <laughs> at least with one of my. I should have taken him and added Keith Richards, fucking for sure. All right, so my next two, again, I I I don't know them on the levels that you do a lot of these guitar players, but That's I fine. know I like That's them. Fine. And it's not even rock and roll here. BB King. No, oh, beautiful. You kidding that's, me? I never knocked list. that. My one of my best friends, God rest his soul, Dave. He's, mm -hmm. He passed away a long time ago. He's a huge, huge, huge blues guy, or mm -hmm. blues guy. And I, I mean, I was kind of, you know, I could deal with it, but I never really liked it. I never sought the music out. Mm -hmm. But then I, he played some of those records, man, and it just absolutely fucking incredible, and got me kind of liking that genre of music, which I, I, I never did before. The Thrill Is Gone is one of my favorite songs of all time and uh of course that's by bb king so i'm gonna take him and then i'm gonna go back i i want to say it was the 50s chuck berry nice all right so again i'm kind of going with a little bit of off the wall picks here johnny oh. be good <laughs> maybelline expert guitar playing man mm -hmm. so again i really don't have anything more to add but i love those two guys so i i feel good taking them Plus, his you know his cousin marvin berry called him when when marty marty was was shredding on stage <laughs> right, and, back to the future yeah <laughs> <laughs> Can we make a real-time trade? I'll give you Keith Richards for Eddie Van Halen. No, no, I'm turning that no. down. I'm, I'm, I know it's one draft pick ahead of the other one, but no, I'm that. That's an NBA trade. Like you picked him for me, and then I picked Eddie for you, and then we swap. No, <laughs> no, we're not, we're not doing. It. It, actually, we can make that trade, but it doesn't go through as official for four more weeks. So that's <laughs> that's how that's how that one's gonna work. Sorry, sorry, Pat. I I gotta I gotta say no, man. You got two more here. Your last uh, two. Okay, so there's just so many good ones and it's not even like leaving guys on the board. It's just like, there's a zillion, there's a zillion guys that are amazing and you're just kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, uh, I got to do it to you again, Pat. I'm really sorry. I got to pick Prince. I knew that was coming. I, I knew that was coming. 
I, I knew it. I, I was resigned to that, that it could happen. I didn't think you were going to take Eddie Van Halen. I don't know why I thought that. But I, That's you uh, under That's your uh, own fault right there. That pal. is. That is. That is, that is on you. I had a feeling Prince was going to go, though. Yep, yeah. Prince. See, like, a, 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 like things like this can be dominated by blues guitarists, which makes sense because blues music is is incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this is a, like and you're you're right. Like this is a category where I can go really off the radar like with a with a pick that could be automatic like yes no he's absolutely the best but people would be like who the f is that right and yeah. like and like it's not wrong to pick either guy in that case because they're both they both count like they're they're both perfect they're both great but like me trying to act like i'm the smartest guy in the room that's what that's what gets me to lose <laughs> that's what that's what causes me to lose all the damn that's time. Happening, like, that happens to me a lot <laughs> i get caught sniffing my own farts on this stuff and i'm just kind of like all right well that's 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 on me i mm-hmm. i screwed up um i got my it's a toss-up between two guys for me right now i got one locked um, in if you don't take them I'm going to take Brian May from Queen. Mm. He's actually, that's not who I was taking. However, he is, I only have a list of eight guitar players and that's one of them. He's, uh, I mean, Jesus, listen to any Queen song and listen to the guitar playing. That's that's really all you need to do. Mm -hmm. But also, I love that he's like an astronaut. He's like an astrophysicist on top of that. Like that's, (laughs) that to me is just like, is like, okay, dude, you're already like one of the best guitar players that's ever existed. And oh yeah, you know, space. Neat. <laughs> Way to rub it in everybody's face that you're better than us. Like, thanks, mm-hmm. man. But yeah, but for real, Brian May rules, dude. He's mm-hmm. just a just a colossal player. All right. I got my last pick here. I'm gonna re- I already referenced with BB King, uh, my deceased buddy Dave. And this is gonna be another dedication to him, Carlos Santana. That's gonna nice. be my my last pick. Just I know how well and known and respected he is. And again, back to a, a quick buddy of mine story. He was dying of cancer in, in his hospital room, and we all knew it was the end. And uh, we were all gathered in his room for the final, you know, mm-hmm. couple hours or whatever have you. And his son played Black Magic Woman by Santana literally on loop. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, there weren't, like, a couple songs. It was low, you know, respectful for all the people in the hospital. But mm-hmm. played it on loop for, like, five straight fucking hours, man, and nonstop. And um. I don't know. I'm just a big, a, a big Santana fan. And again, there's probably other ones out there who might be more accomplished that I don't know of, but I, I, I can live with that one. Let me, I don't, I don't like, listen, there, there's still a lot of names on the board here that we could, that, that could have been brought out. Uh, Jeff Beck. Eric Clapton uh, was one that I thought. Eric Clapton. I, so much I've learned about Eric Clapton over the years makes me be like, nah, F him, F him, F well, him forever. Like he can go, he can go away. <laughs> uh, Pete Townsend. Like they're like Pete Townsend, uh, David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Holy shit, dude. Mm-hmm. David Gilmore's. You're getting into David Gilmore, though, would be territory where the average person like myself, if you said that, I'd be like, I'd have to go look up who he, who he was with. Oh, I know from Pink, Pink Floyd. Floyd. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think everyone, I personally think everyone that we drafted is well enough known to, uh, that the mm-hmm. average common person oh, is yeah. going to know. And as we, as, as we wind this down, as we get out here, let me recap these real quick here for everybody, too. So Joe had the first overall pick. He takes Jimi Hendrix, Eddie Van Halen. Ugh, it pisses me off. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Prince, and Brian May. I took Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, B.B. King, Chuck Berry, Carlos Santana. I project 
Like we we're never ever right, and we never know. <laughs> I project about a sixty-four thirty-six victory for you. I think there'll be some people. Nah, no, maybe not. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being ambitious. <laughs> I, I listen. I didn't think last week's poll was going to be a two-thirds majority poll. Like, you know, no, I had I figured that was a taught that was going to be a fifty-five forty-five kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I never know what people like. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what's going to move people for the day. And I don't know. I, I'm pr- I'm I'm proud of the group that I drafted. I will stand by them. <laughs> uh, but if it ultimately leads to a loss, then that's a loss I can. It's a loss I can eat because everybody you picked also rules. So yeah. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week, everybody. One last quick note, too. I forgot to say this at the beginning, and I should have. Next week, tentatively, anyway, Joe and I plan on going to Buffalo Bills training camp next Thursday. We're going to go check out practice, and then we're actually going to tape our show live immediately after practice from Rochester. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks, as always, buddy. Thanks, man. And uh, I'll be curious to see how many people say, hey, man, this isn't a hockey rink when they see me. That'll be fun. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.